0: Scripture reading for today comes from Leviticus chapter 23, verses 10 to 14, and Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 to 10. Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, when you come into the land that I give you and reap its harvest, you shall bring the sheaf on the first fruits of your harvest to the priest, and he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord so that you may be accepted. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And on the day when you wave the sheaf, you shall offer a male lamb, a year old without blemish, as a burnt offering to the Lord. And the grain offering with it shall be two-tenths of an ff, of a fine flour mixed with oil, a food offering to the Lord, with a pleasing aroma. and the drink offering with it shall be of wine, a fourth of a hen. And you shall eat neither bread nor grain, parched or fresh, until this same day until you have brought the offering of your God. It is a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. And from Proverbs, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the firstfruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. This is the word of the Lord.
1: All right, do you wanna know how much of a fourth of a hen of wine is? It's like a 30 ounce big gulp, that's what it is. And that's true, that's real, that's real. All right, we're in this series, it's a three week series of bounding generosity and we're looking at uh, our time, treasure and talent. We looked at time last week and we've been looking at generosity, first time we've done this, through the lens of first fruits, okay? We first see it in Genesis four and we see it throughout the Old Testament. Okay, but this is not about tithing. And and we gotta make that really clear. Um, So tithing is like the regular giving of your wealth to God's house or in his name for God's mission in the world, okay? Uh, So I, I have to give this little sidebar because people ask me this question all the time. Let's have the tithing sidebar. Um, the question is this, uh, people have asked two questions, they're like, is tithing reaffirmed in the New Testament? We see it in the Old Testament, but like, do we see it in the New Testament? That's the first question that people ask me. And then the other question with great frequency is this, um, do I tithe off the of net or gross? Like, what should I do? Okay, because like, we want to get it right, like, and there's an earnestness there. Okay, so, um, but I want you to see is how those questions are perhaps attached to um, kind of a works-based idea of what you do with your money. Um, so the, 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 I think the sub question or the subtext is like, um, what's the precise action I'm required to do with my money so God doesn't get mad at me? Like that, that's the subtext, right? And um, so what I'm about to tell you is, uh, is sort of gonna ruin you and mess you up a bit. You're gonna be like, oh, I'm never gonna ask him questions about tithing, okay? So we do see the tithe and the tenth in the Old Testament. That is very, very true. Um, but listen to this. If the Old Testament says, hey, a tenth of your wealth is a really good place to start and, and do and, and practice to train your heart, um, the New Testament actually gives us a picture of generosity that will make you a little upset. it's it's a generosity that bleeds. So the Old Testament is 10th and you're like, whoa, can we just go back to the Old Testament? Um, Because the New Testament um, points to a generosity that goes to the point of death, Philippians 2, even death on a cross. You're like, oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. When people ask me that, I think they were expecting some sort of smaller version of generosity and what they did is they just blew up the idea where generosity is just way bigger. They're like, oh, oh, let's go to all the Old Testament rules. Um, That's my tithing sidebar. Come back. All right, so we don't talk about giving a lot at the way because giving is is a very possible task. A hundred million dollars given by Jeff Bezos is not what we would call generosity. It's giving, but it's not generosity, okay? We talk about generosity because it's something that can only be done, only be done through the work of God's Spirit in your life, okay? Um, We talk about generosity as like, oh, I, I would normally never do this except if God moved me to do it, okay? So you can tell between giving and generosity. But we also recognize this is generosity is not limited um, to wealth because um, you're a whole person and the money that you have is only a part of your life. Your wealth is only a part of your life. And so um, uh, we look at time and talent and energy and attentions and presence you might remember this, um, when we were raising funds to go to Kyrgyzstan, um, common question, FAQ, common question, like, wouldn't it be more efficient if the Americans just collected money here and we sent a check because they could just spend it, right? But we recognize that generosity doesn't, wasn't just attached to wealth, is that there was something that was given by the ministry of presence. I am going to be around you and it's not going to be efficient and I'm going to get to know you and I'm going to get to care about your story and you're going to care about my story. And something happens in a partnership and friendship that has nothing to do with wealth. And so we say generosity isn't limited to wealth, it's limited to other categories. So what we want to look at this year is how does this idea of first fruits, which is not tithing, we kind of discovered that last week, how it touches time, treasure, talent, those like three ca- categories. So, first fruits, and we discovered this last, uh, last week, I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna unpack all of it, but quickly, um, a first fruit with this, it would be an irregular increase to your wealth. Now, common to an agrarian experience that most of the Bible is set in, it was like the lambing season. The lambing season is like when all the newborn lambs are born, okay? That's irregular because it's seasonal, happens once a year. Um, another one that they describe throughout the Old Testament is harvest time. Like you're not harvesting whole year. That's that's it's an irregular and harvest begins at one stated time. Now I think there are modern and urban connections for us when it comes to first fruits, um, and you'll you'll be able to actually come up with thousands of them. And I'm just only going to give you just what it could be a windfall. It could be an inheritance, it could be an investment that suddenly popped and shot up because the company was bought out, right? Unexpected wealth increase. Um, So that's that's pretty simple. Now, that is an objectively good thing, and I, I actually, I don't think I have ever run into a person that hates when their wealth increases unexpectedly. Like, I have yet to meet that person. If that is you, I I would love to shake your hand and talk about that more after. Like, you would be this specimen of oddity that I've never met. But first fruits is less about the boon, the unexpected boon that you got. And it's more about the response to the boon. So the scriptures describe first fruits as, it's funny that they use this, a Thanksgiving offering. So what do you do after you receive something that is great and unexpected? What do you do? What do you do? Now, um, God is describing something this. There's that initial rush of gratitude, right? If, if you all have investment apps and you open the app and it has shot green, you have initial gush of happiness. You do, you have an initial gush of happiness. And so God is saying, attach something to that initial gush of happiness and say, I am so glad. I have gladness. And we would call, maybe we would call that gratitude. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Now, the absence of gratitude when you get something reflect something, and sometimes it's okay, and sometimes it's not okay. Let me give you an example. I was talking to a guy, and he felt like he was owed something by his employer that did not respect him. And so when his employer gave him something, let's call it a paycheck, he said, I've done all this, he was not gushing with gratitude. And part of that was appropriate because no, it's a justice issue. But there's some times when if you don't show gratitude, it's the negative part, it shows entitlement. And so I can can get, and unexpectedly to my kids, I can get an article of clothing from a brand I know that they love. And if I give it to them and they're like, hmm, cool, tosses it on the bed, I'm like, oh, you think that you deserve that. You are entitled to it. But when they say, oh my goodness, thank you, that's great, where did this come from? I'm like, oh, cool, that's, that's gratitude. That's gratitude, it's not entitlement, it's gratitude. So sometimes it can show up. So this is, this is it. when people receive something, it's a little diagnostic of what they do and it kind of shows a heart. Is it gratitude or deserved entitlement, or was this duty, or was it just an expected baseline of action that's a justice issue? It kind of reveals what is going on. So, the first aspect of First Fruits is this. Am I grateful, or do I just think I was totally owed this? That's a question for your heart. It's not a question for my, well, it is a question for my heart, but I don't have to answer your questions. Now, the scriptures describe something. They describe unexpected gifts as total grace. Check this out. Not one of us sitting here is entitled to the grace of God on our lives. Not one. Not one. Not one of us is entitled to his all-out favor over our lives. Not one of us. So grace in Christ itself is the granddaddy of all unexpected gifts. I said this last week, I bears repeating. You have to enjoy the first fruits from God before you practice first fruits with your wealth. So, this is what it looks like when first fruits. I know you want heavy application, but I'm going to say something that's going to be really odd to your ears, maybe. If you are not enjoying Christ in his grace, in a daily rhythm where you say, I am enjoying your first fruits. Now, this is going to be weird. I don't know if you've ever heard a minister say this. I beg you. I plead with you. If you are not enjoying Christ on a daily rhythm, I'm, I will plead with you. Do not give. Huh? Don't give your money. Don't do it. Because you need, to, you need to enjoy the first fruits of God before you ever practice the first fruits of God. That's how, that's how the grace ecosystem works. So that's an interesting conversation I'd love to have with you. If you're like, well, I don't know how to enjoy Christ on the daily. I would love to have a coffee and talk about that. I know if you're a woman, I know my wife would love to have a conversation about that. Because you have to enjoy the first fruits of Christ before you ever practice the first fruits of Christ. So, the scriptures are only using first fruits. Everything in the Old Testament is this mini tiny picture of a greater way that Christ is. So the scriptures are giving us this little mini idea of first fruits because they're like, oh, that's how Jesus is. And if that's how Jesus is, you enjoy it, then of course you'll do it. Of course you'll do it. Okay. So gratitude is the very first aspect of first fruits. Hey, I'm glad. I'm, thank you. This is awesome. That Right? Gratitude. But the second is incre- the second aspect of first fruits is incredibly strange, but it's beautiful. Check this out. Last week I mentioned the first, the Hebrew word for first fruits is um bikurim, and it just means um, a promise to come. A promise to come. So the practice of and training of first fruits, like giving in God's name out of my unexpected wealth boost, points us to gratitude, but here, here it is. The actual training and trust of our faith is that there is something better to come than this thing that I'm now enjoying. I think this is so cool. The things to come are going to be better than the good things I am totally loving right now. So, giving from first fruits, right? It's a gush, it's a boost to your increased estate. And the very basis of that word of idea is that there is a promise to come that's better. This is what first fruit's telling you and me. Whatever you're loving right now, it's not your greatest joy. Um, we got this, um, Melissa and I make salsa every year, around, usually around Christmas time. And we got this from friends that we knew when we lived in St. Louis. And um, they would have a series of salsas and um, they named their salsas and, and it was always a variation on, uh, their salsa was called better than and then fill in the blank, right? So they had uh, better than chocolate, right? Um, Better than Oxygen. Uh, They named one BTS. It's family friendly here, I'm gonna go on. (laughs) Why? Because we can get entranced with the cool thing right in front of us. Like the money, like the inheritance, like the buyout that was so amazing and it made my heart sing. I want to make that happen again. I'd love to have that buyout feeling
0: again.
1: And the first fruit is a promise to you that there is something ahead that is better than that beautiful thing that you just experienced. That's the imagination of Jesus' kingdom. What lies ahead is better than you have experienced or can conceive of. Now, for centuries, you know what the theologians called this idea? (laughs) Only theologians can give you something like this, by the way. The already and not yet. What do they mean by that? We've already experienced the love of God in Jesus because we are reconciled to God. That's already and it's true. And at the very, very same time, the full renewal of ourselves and the world outside of us hasn't happened fully until he does it fully. And so we call it the already, but not yet. The already and not. We are waiting for a promise to come, and it's better than what we've experienced right now. That's why Paul says this in First Corinthians 15. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have died. So here's the questions that first fruits trains your heart and my heart into gratitude. When that boost in your wealth happens, ask yourself this question. Am I high-fiving myself? Yeah, you did that. Or did my God make that happen? And The second is attached to hope. Is this that's happening to me the best thing ever, question mark? Or is there a promise to come that's even better than this? Let's pray into that one. Our Father, um, tune our heart Train our hearts in first fruits. And it's got to be in Christ alone. We can't, uh, uh, please refrain, uh, uh, bar us from practicing it if we don't enjoy Christ alone. And and work in our hearts where we don't make the things we really truly love and and, uh, enjoy, uh, don't make them primary or greatest loves in us. We don't want that. And so we pray here now, don't diminish our enjoyment of the good things you gave us. Only make our enjoyment of you the most satisfying and greatest thing, the better thing. That's what, that's what we're, we're praying. Would you do this because you command it? Would you do it through Jesus alone? And would you do it in his spirit in us? We pray this in the name of Jesus, amen.